Hey there. Welcome to my day 47 of Camino on a Treadmill. This is James here, recording from my house in Galway, Ireland. Just me, treadmill, a sad lamp and two cats. Still working on the song. Uh, how does it go again? A treadmill. No, two cats, a treadmill. A sad lamp and me. Na 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 na. Set off on Camino to see what we could see. Some okay, working on it, working on it, work in progress. Uh, a lot of people asking when's that song coming. You know what? Chillax a little, take a chill pill. Take some homeopathic Xanax or whatever, whatever works for you, and uh, we'll get there. So, yesterday, a lot of talk about the uh, the deleted episode. Half, more than half of eighty percent of yesterday's episode was lost, and I had to redo it. And word went around that I had done the best episode yet. The Nasdaq gained ten points. Then word went around it was deleted. It lost twenty points. Look. I'm not. I get blamed a lot for the performance of the Nasdaq. Hola. Bloody cyclist. Grr. Get out of me way. Get out of me way. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me of. Uh, I worked on a film called The General back in 1997, showing my age, with the wonderful Brendan Gleeson before he was famous, but uh, we were doing, they do like airplane versions. Uh, well, it depends on your, your deal, distribution deal, but we had to do dialogue for the airplane versions. Apologies for my sniffles. And, uh, which means clean versions. Now the general had a lot of swearing. I'm gonna be swearing a bit in this episode now, but I'm just, I'm embracing the explicitness but hopefully not overdoing it. So in the film anyway, the sound editor, uh, one of the, yeah, the dialogue editor, there is, sometimes you get a bit of rivalry between picture and sound departments. In this case, it would have been, if anything, joke-friendly rivalry, but I came into the sound editing room once and he was sort of, I was talking to someone else there, but he was, um, I was in picture department, and he was kind of swearing his ass off at me, you know? He was saying, ah, Jase, get the fuck out of here. All this kind of stuff. And I'm like, Joe's really overdoing it today. It's like, steady on, old chap. You know, there's, there's humour and there's humour, right? And this seems to be stepping beyond the bounds of humour into, you know, all-out warfare or something. So, I, uh, I kind of thought, okay, that's that. It took me ages to realize. Uh, like, I think it was even after the film, I don't know. A long time later, I realized, oh, actually, he was listing off all the swear words that they had to replace for his assistant who was sitting beside him. Assistant's name was Peter Van Story. That's come back to me. 
And oh man, I tell you, things I don't like about in this, this business, but some of those stories are funny. It's just a funny world to work in where part of the job is listing off swear words and taking down a list of them and then replacing them with less sweary words. So anyway, yeah, he was just listing them off and there was a lot of swearing in the general. Yeah, appropriately so for the film. And anyway, I just didn't twig that at the time somehow. I'm a bit in slow, as we say here in Ireland. So anyway, we're on day 47 here, following BK Lee, who is walking between Tosantos and Via Franca Montos de Oca. Ah, Tosantos. Somewhere along here, I stayed in a hostel which had a hotel attached, where the receptionist was really rude to me. And I'm trying to remember what she said to me in Spanish. It was three words. To say something. I don't know. It wasn't nice. She was pointing or waggling her finger at me. Gesticulating. Anyway. But back to the general. So then I was sitting in with the uh, guy, Paddy Gibbons, wasn't it, who was replacing the... Uh, Oh, I put doing the airplane version. So he was editing in the uh, replacement dialogue. And it was hilarious. Like, uh, airplane versions, if I watch a movie on an airplane, like, I try to watch something that isn't, that wouldn't have explicit, anything explicit, you know, sex or swear words, because it's it just kind of butcher it, you know? It's kind of amusing sometimes. Uh, I saw Sideways on the plane. I'd seen it before, at least once, in the cinema. There's this, you know the scene where Paul Giamatti has to go in and rescue Thomas Hayden Church's watch or ring or something from the room, and there's a couple, a large couple, having sex in the room. And the guy runs after him completely naked. I mean, they just pixelated all hell out of that, if I remember rightly. And uh, that wasn't the worst thing in it. Hola. There was a scene then, John, Thomas Hayden Church is basically saying to, what's his name? Oh, I recognize this fountain, do I? Uh, I think I am, I think I sat on that and changed my socks, as you do. And then, then uh, shortly after that, though, I actually just F this. I'm quitting for today. Anyway, Thomas Hayden Church so says to Giamatti, you know, you need to get laid, which you think isn't that explicit. But they change it on the plain version, and it took me a while to realize what it was meant to be. To, you need to get loved. I think he said it more than once. You need to get loved. Uh, really? I mean, is laid that offensive? Like, you need to get loved. It just sounds weird. But you could probably find out, you figure out what it means, unless you're really stupid. Although I must be stupid, because for a while I was going, why did he say that? And then I'm like, oh yeah, airplane version. They changed it. 
and uh, you know some people wouldn't even be aware of that I suppose if you'd never seen the film before if you weren't really aware about airplane versions being modified you'd just be kind of confused and it's such a great film it doesn't deserve that and uh, I had something interesting lined up to say there I've completely forgotten it you need to get loved, loved. So, in the general, well, I had another fascinating segue lined up, mind-blowing. I mean, the Nasdaq would have gained at least two points on that segue. Anyway, um, where were we? It's a lovely day in Ireland. Lovely and sunny out there. I should be out walking in the sun. I walked the prom last night. Latish, it was nice. Oh, BK, he's hiccuping or something. Um, got some nice takeout from Papa Rich in Salt Hill. Oh, it was great to get out just where there's people. I hadn't walked the prom in over a year. But in the general, the language. So you have in the normal version, theatrical version. Brendan Gleeson is saying, now ah, get the fuck out of here. Just get the fuck out of here. Just fuck off. All this kind of stuff. It was realistic, whether you like it or not, you know. So, airplane version. Just get the hell out of here. Just go away. Just go away. Get the hell out of here. You know, and instead of fucking, he was saying freaking. And, oh, man. No one in Dublin says freaking. Just get the hell out of here. Just go away. It's ah, kind of funny. Hey, look, if you're an actor and that's in your contract, you do that. Creates extra work in the industry. So I don't mind all that working on airplane versions or whatever. It's part of the fun of the whole thing. Working with Foley artists, that's fun as well, where they redo footsteps and actor movements and things. And that's, I love all that. I love all that if you work in a big production where it's all done right. Gotta love that. Um, whew, I had something else amazing to say. I was talking about the general. No, I was talking about you need to get loved sideways. What a, what a great film, though. The scene in it where Paul, I haven't read the book, I should really, you know, but Paul Giamatti takes, visits his mother. And he steals, I don't know, 100 or $200 or something from her room. And she's senile. That's a really interesting scene. Like, and you can see the guilt in his face. But it's sort of... It's... To do that with your main character, he is the, he is the protagonist, really. You could argue it's your old protagonist, but... He's the, he's the one who really only the only one who kind of has some sort of arc as such, I think. Um, my lawyer has advised me to say, it is my understanding that he's the protagonist. Okay. It is my understanding, to the best of my recollection, that, well, uh, uh, Paul Giamatti is the protagonist. Okay? My lawyer's nodding at me. Yeah. So, um, where were we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when he takes the money from his mother, that's really testing, pushing the audience. Like, he, 
you want to root for this character and he does that and everyone's going to react differently to it but I'm like oh god no don't do that but it possibly makes some people just hate him irreconcilably and it's certainly not what I'd call a manly thing to do but Giamatti is someone who's I mean both him and Hayden Church they're very different in different types of masculine roles but no I can't defend stealing from his mother it'd be worse if he didn't look so pained though he was just in a bind anyway interesting I like when directors and writers challenge their, their audiences you know I much prefer that to when it's all good black and white good versus evil yeah you know whatever where was I? Ba, ba, ba. Sideways. And what was that amazing thought I had? It's gone. So, the general swearing. I did have some bullet points for today, though. One was, yesterday I bought four crusty rolls in the shop to have make a sandwich or two with I ended up eating all four of them in a row. See if I get the wholemeal soda bread I might have one or two slices. It's healthier as well and I don't finish it off but I was walking the prom last night. Oh, it made me sleepy so I, after work I slept for a couple of hours then got up and said oh, I gotta get out of the house get into the prom and walk first time in over a year. Did that felt great but I was thinking yeah four crusty rolls they're, they're uh, they were a bad idea and it just came into my head the song most famously sung by Big Tom from Ireland who died there more than two years ago three four and uh, much loved and uh, that was possibly his most famous song. Four country roads leading to a town, Glenamaddy. Do you know what? We used to play that in my ukulele group and, until I had creative differences with them. A mega huge split, bigger than the Beatles falling apart. Well, I'm exaggerating, but it was up there. That's a good reference point. Like, like the Beatles falling apart. Was there a Yoko Ono involved? I'm not saying, okay? I'm not, no, no, I'm not going there, sorry. Um, we did four rows. Oh, the key is tricky. For me, uh, that's a tricky key. I think we were doing it in C. I haven't quite cracked what are my best keys. And it really, of course, it depends on the, uh, what's the word, Di how dynamic the song is. And four country roads. If I start doing C, start down low, I can start it okay, but then it goes lower and I'm like, oh, I'm out of here. But if I did it an octave higher, it'd be too high. Oh, don't you just hate that? I'm definitely not a great singer. I'm not as bad as I sound on this, I like to think, but I would like to get some training, you know, to figure out where my, my register is 
and just some techniques. Like, you know, if you're trying half-heartedly to sing, it's bad, but if you actually really give it a go and use... Uh, go higher volume and full breath. I, I don't know. It's just suddenly you can hit the notes better, which I don't do on this. I'm too self-conscious, and also I probably have to stand back from the mic. Look at me making excuses. But four country roads. I mean, it's basically a 12-bar blues, and uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty good song, to be honest. But you know, people are going to automatically diss it because it's big time. But there you go. What can you do? I take things on their merits. I was talking to someone about that film Love actually and recently. She was saying she didn't like the film. Overall, I don't, but there's moments I like in it and the storyline between Julianne Moore, not Julianne Moore. God, I always have a block about her name. Uh, uh, oh my God, don't tell me it's happening again. She plays against Alan Rickman. And don't, you people are going to accuse me of being sexist now. I remember his name, not, but not hers. But she is the best thing in that. And I remembered her name here the other day, in my defense, Your Honor, before you locked me up. You see, now that I'm panicking, <laughs> won't come to me. And then if I say she used to be married to Kenneth Branagh, right? You're like, oh my God. Total sexist. Cancel James Finland at once. And they're going, well, we don't really need to cancel him. He's only got five listeners. Well, we still need to punish him. So, let's cancel him anyway. Uh, I'm not stopping. Oh, yeah, Emma Thompson. Because I wasn't going to stop till I remembered her name. Emma Thompson. She is amazing in that film. As is Rickman, but she has that scene where she thinks she's going to get a present from him and thinks it's a necklace because she saw him buying it and it's Joni Mitchell's CD. Oh, God. And she has to, she goes up to her room. I know I talked about this before. Get over it. Goes up to her room, tries to staunch the tears, goes back down, puts on her happy mummy face and shoes them all out the door because they're running late for the school play. Oh, such wonderful acting. But my point is, you know, if, if I don't like a film overall, but it has even one good moment, I'm like, well, that's a great moment. Too many people focus on negatives. You know, I'm like, especially in Ireland. Like, yeah, but I got something from it. I don't regret seeing it. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people like the film overall, despite the cheesiness. And, yeah, if it was on again, I'd probably it was Christmas. And I'd had a bottle of whiskey and I was comatose and I couldn't find the remote. You know, I'd probably watch it. If my eyelids were wedged open, like in that scene in Clockwork Orange, and they had it on in front of me. Well, I'd definitely watch it then, because I'd have no choice. But uh, at least I'd be telling myself, hey, looking forward to that great scene with Emma Thompson. But no, it has its good moments. <sighs> Don't think they're too worried what I think. Oh, I like uh, the story with Bill Nye. I think 
a good shock of my treadmill there, did I? Like a static? Oh, maybe not. Bill Nye and his um, manager. That's sweet. Then there's a guy who wants to go to America. He's obsessed with America. That's okay, it's not great. Hugh Grant and Martine McCutcheon. Just, ah. Yeah, it doesn't really work for me, that story. A bit stretching the boundaries a bit. Uh, who else? What else? Oh, and of course, I keep forgetting her name, and I was the woman from Ozark, who's a wonderful actor. Her storyline is good. If it helps, I can't remember, don't know the name of the actor who plays her troubled brother. So damn good. Uh, anyway. Okay. Cancel me. Cancel away. I give up. I'll cancel myself, okay? Uh, I order everybody not to listen to this. So, happy now? Anyway. Uh, why do I feel so good today? Uh, I feel good most days. Uh, well, walking the prom last night. <laughs> That has to be a factor. Oh, so I was thinking anyway, four crusty rolls would make a good country western song, a version of four country roads. I haven't come up with anything else except for the first line. Four crusty rolls. I bought them in the shop, super value. Four crusty rolls. Forever on the table in my kitchen. Okay, look, needs work. Four rolls. Da, 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 da. If anyone wants to write the lyrics and send them in to me, I'll sing it. But yeah, it's a hard song to sing. Because if you start like there, four country roads leading to Connemara. Doesn't it go down now after that? Four country roads on the next one. Forever in the noon of my heart. See, that's quite low. And then it goes up four roads. Tidlanamadi. Four roads. Oh, yeah, and then it really the four roads. And then the next one are the four dusty. See? That's really low. But then if you take the verse up another octave, oh man. This singing business is hard. Who, who, who knew? Who knew singing was so hard? See, my philosophy in life, I'm better not doing things than just imagine, fantasizing about doing them. Because when I do that, I am, honestly, if you saw how amazing I am in my imagination, I just knock everything out of the park. Everything. Uh, I have done some great imaginary interviews on radio stations and TV stations all over the world, including light entertainment ones like Graham Norton. I'd have a party piece where I play ZZ Top on the guitar or something. I am just in my imagination. I, I'm not boasting. I, it sounds like I'm boasting. I'm just objectively saying that in my imagination, I am one of the most amazing and coolest people in the world, possibly the universe. That, that sounds boastful, but like I haven't come across anyone in reality, which is all I can go by because I can't see into other people's imagination. 
I have not come across anyone else in, re in reality who is as amazing as I am in my imagination, my fantasy. So I'm just putting that out there. Ladies. <laughs> Hola. Buen camino. So Julia from Roma. Will I meet her on the way, I wonder? We bonded over a kitten. It was love at first sight. Well, we both fell in love with the kitten. That's, that's assuredly so. So yeah, I'll be setting up a singing lessons um, podcast uh, behind a paywall. Just gave you a brief taste of it here. So, you know, you know what to do. I've hit two kilometers. Woo! Doing this one at lunchtime, so it'll be straight back to work afterwards. And uh, probably won't shower till after work. I should kind of ideally do a second of one of these after work, because with the whole debacle of losing an app and having to redo it, I, uh, I'm one behind this week. I really need to do five a week, minimum. Uh, and if I slip below that, it's just taking forever, man. How's life taking forever? It's a line from Kingpin. The hobo says to Woody, Woody Harrelson, how's life taking forever? <laughs> kind of funny, I think. Tragic comedy, I suppose, one might say. Bill Murray's great in that film. <laughs> Bill Murray is great in most things, I think. 4.8 kilometers an hour. Yeah. How are you doing? so hot, Conversation. How far are you going? Next time. Next time. How far you going? Next time. Ha ha ha. So there we go. A conversation. Oh, it's still going on. Shh. PK, come on, say something. Oh, the conversation is dying. I'm afraid. Go on. Say something. That's it. It's all over. It's all over. Okay. Hold on. Something coming up here. We'll say, uh, like, uh, take 42 minutes. 42 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 42 minutes? like you. Me, maybe an hour. <laughs> <laughs> 42 minutes, but he's going to actually finish in the next uh, 31. Maybe there's some missing. Oh, bloody hell, have I another half hour to go? <sighs> anyway, four, no, four Christy Rolls is the next song I'm working on, along with Two Cats, Two Cats, A Treadmill. Two Cats, A Treadmill. No, I've forgotten that one. What's that one called? Two Cats, A Treadmill. A Sad Lamp and Me, that's it. So, for Christy Rose, I got two songs on my list 
I probably won't release them myself. I'll sell them to um, Bruno Mars or whoever the young folk to be listening to today. Do you know? Do you get me? Do you get me, like? Ah, yeah. So as I said, I've practiced my interviews when Camino on a treadmill goes, you know, platinum, goes viral. BK, manners, please. So, don't know if anyone heard that. Um, yeah, I've, I've got two routes to go, two routes, as you American folk would say, with the interviews. I'm either going to go upbeat, yeah, hey, it was great, yeah, I did this Camino on a treadmill, it's really positive, you know, or, depending on how it's received, I can go, yeah, like, I was in a really dark place in my life, you know, and uh, I just thought, what, what's it all about, you know, so... I just, I was reduced to, like, all I had left in my life was, like, you know, it was just me on my own with two cats, a sad lamp and a treadmill. I wrote, I wrote a song about it, but it wasn't much good, really, you know? So, yeah, that was a dark period in my life. I wasn't really... Uh, I was putting away a lot of liquor, you know what I mean? So it's all a blur. But anyway, thankfully, that's over and I've deleted them all. And I'm in a better space now, you know. Yeah, I'll, that's what's going to happen. I won't become so much famous as infamous. Uh, I don't know. Someone will discover this and say, have you heard this guy? There's something not quite right about him. And then, the, you know, police will be involved, social services, everything. Neighbors be wondering, like they'll see all the all the men in white suits coming to my house. But then you're at least, honestly, I'll take fame whatever way it comes. You know, actually, that could be how I end up on the Tommy Turner show. Jesus, be all right. Oh, you know, Tommy it was hard, like you know. But I pulled myself together. I sold the treadmill. And had the two cats put down, and you know. <laughs> Oh, stop. I'm not joking about that. I never put my cats down. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, definitely, I, I fucked the sad lamp in the fucking bin, you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. I'm feeling better now. I'm taking it day by day, you know? <laughs> I'm so full of crap. It is unbelievable. Off the scale on the crapometer. Um, oh, what? Water, water everywhere, but none that I can drink. Give me a second here. Um, let's check the notes. I had something great to say about recording on the general, I think, but I forgot. Four Christy Rolls. <laughs> Quails in the pool. So, there's a guy at work, a security guard. Uh, interesting character from Switzerland apparently but he's got like he sounds more local than he certainly doesn't sound Swiss but anyway he's a character I saw him years ago when he had a motorbike I thought I was hallucinating due to potential things I may or may not have consumed then years later he pops up at work but anyway, I was telling him 
the World Cup? No, was it the World Cup or the Euros? Wasn't it the World Cup? Wales were in it. And we had a pool at work. I've organised some of the football pools, but this one might have been more or Roshin or something. Anyway, I got Wales in the pool, which, yeah, they kind of did fairly well. Of course, they had the wonderful... I always have to think, because I always nearly say Christian Bale. <laughs> well, he could, he's such a good method actor, maybe he, if he played a footballer, he'd score a lot of goals. But of course, I mean Garth Bale, playing for them. And were they playing Iceland or something? Anyway, I said, I was leaving work, and I said to Roland, the man in question, I said, oh yeah, I've got a... Uh, Wales in the pool, you know, so hopefully they'll perform. And he thought, he had to think of it, he said, well, you've got what? He said, and then I explained, and he realised, he said, I thought you said you had whales in the pool, in the swimming pool. He thought I'd whales in my swimming pool, which would be pretty hard, because I don't have a swimming pool, number one. So, yeah, there is that anecdote, pretty short and sweet. <laughs> Then have one other one. The expression naked as the day I was born, uh, I don't know, popped into my head and I thought, oh, that's a funny one. Getting some weird sound effects here on the, on the old uh, headphones. I'll have to turn that down later. But um, naked as the day I was born. See, you're wondering how did the Victor? I know you're thinking this right now. Victorians who were kind of, you know, not into nudity and stuff, as if so lots of us still aren't, of course, we inherited those Victorian values. But um, the uh, Victorians, what was I saying? Oh yeah, but it, here's a fun fact. <laughs> yeah, anytime I hear a fun fact, I, I roll my eyes and go, fuck, here we go. It's most definitely not gonna be fun and not going to be that enlightening either. Because the kind of people that say fun fact, yeah. Nah, they're usually... Uh, they have a funny idea of what's fun, you know? Anyway, I'm belaboring the point. Fun fact. Oh, BK. He's got a bit of indigestion, I think. Um, where was I? Fun fact. So Victorians, did you know this? Well, to do Victorians. When their children were born, if it was a little boy, tiny little boy, they would immediately, obviously, clean him off. In fact, the husband and wife wouldn't look at. Well, the husband wouldn't be there. What am I not? Of course, he'd be out in his gentleman's club, smoking cigars and drinking fine brandy. But either way, before the husband, a wife or husband could see the baby, if it was a boy, they'd have especially made, tailor-made um, suit to put him into, including a top hat and everything, you know, before so they, before they look at him. And if it was a girl, they would have uh, some sort of, you know, dress, you know, those ones with hoops and stuff, so. So you'd have a bespoke tailor, this is only for wealthy people, obviously, who would have something roughly cut and then you'd have to quickly measure the child and then just do some quick adjustments put them on and then take a picture of it. Google it. This is totally true. And uh, so that's, they were so obsessed with nudity 
So like imagine, could you imagine the size of the top hat and the tails and everything, you know, for the baby. Some funny, Google it, funny pictures out there. So, uh, yeah. hey, see you later, buddy. Have a good one. Rock on, dude. So anyway, BK don't hang about, he just motors on. Head out, get your engines running. Head out on the highway, looking for adventure. And whatever comes our way. You're thinking, there, there you go, there's a bit of my singing for you, huh? I upped it a notch or two, I dare say. Just looking at my levels there, they've gone through the roof. Hopefully my ratings will follow. So anyway, that thing I was telling you about Victorian babies is a load of bollocks. So, just before you Google it, I, I felt bad. I was gaslighting you, I felt bad. I'm not really into gaslighting. Bully I worked with used to do that, and uh, it's, yeah, he, he found it amusing, but anyway. <sighs> so, my apologies. I had you fooled. If you listen to this on April 1st, then you are an April fool. And if you're not, if you listen to it on some other date, you're just a regular fool. So there we go. Man, this sound, I gotta turn this down. And I gotta turn the brightness up and hopefully not pause the bloody video, because every time I do that, chaos ensues. <laughs> so time-wise, I got uh, 21 minutes to go, but no problem. No problem. Straight back to work. Get your engines running. Head out on the highway. Looking for adventure. And whatever comes our way. Na 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 na. Da 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 da. Oh yeah. I'm good. I'm good, motherfucker. I'm so good. So freaking good, my friend. Any other notes? Because since the other ones went down so well, gotta help the Nasdaq out here. Let me see. <laughs> ah, giving the finger on Belmont Avenue. I was thinking of writing that one up for Sunday Miscellany, a pro program. I got another shock, I think. Program on RTE Radio One. Did a piece for them years ago. But I'm, you heard it here first. So, picture this. This is a really dramatic story. I was driving in Dublin, minding my own business in my uh, environmentally responsible Prius, because that's how I roll. And driving, uh, I'm trying to think, west, whatever, on. Uh, the N11. Coming through uh, Donnybrook, okay? You got the picture? I'm just grooving along, got some chill music playing on the stereo, feeling good about life, about my prospects. Turn left up uh, Belmont Avenue. Anyone know it? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, it's... Uh, 
connects Donnybrook to uh, Ranala, Sandyford Road, you come out of, and from there, it is only a hop and a skip to the Tlansky Mosque, wherein they used to, I don't, I don't know if they still do, they do great, used to do great shawarma there, chicken shawarma or lamb shawarma, oh man. I used to get them, I was working on a film there in um, Tlansky in an old uh, converted convent, which has since been made into apartment blocks. There's a story about a missing, famous missing boy case that suggests he's buried under there, but oh, why did I have to go on a dark turn? It just popped into my head. That hasn't been corroborated. Poor guy. Now, why did I have to see? My brain goes from one thing to another and straight to my mouth. No filter. Hashtag no filter. Anyway, so what happens? I driving up Belmont Avenue. This is like a couple of years ago. And there's another car coming um, towards me and it must, it was narrow and maybe there were other cars parked there. And so there's another car, so I pull in to let them pass. Then along comes this, uh, well, it was either a Mini Cooper or a uh, one of the modern Volkswagen Beetles. Don't see that map. Probably more likely Mini Cooper. They're, they seem to be more common nowadays. And sort of attractive looking couple, well-to-do couple in it. And uh, okay, fine, so far so good. But they, I pull in to let the car that's coming towards me pass. And then they sh really should have pulled them behind me because there was nowhere for them to go because this other car was coming through a narrow path. Anyway, of course, they go ahead. And it just ends up into, ends up delaying everything. And they end up having to drive up on the curb and everything takes way longer because of their, what I like to think of as their sense of entitlement, which is totally unfair of me because I realize now with, you know, upon mature reflection, it mightn't have been a sense of entitlement at all. Like, it could have just been plain old-fashioned stupidity, right? So, if you're listening, good-looking couple in, uh, in, uh, what do they call it, Mini Cooper? Possibly Beetle, Mini Cooper, I think. Heading uh, Klonsky direction, Belmont Avenue, about, 2018, we say, on a sunny day, and you remember this happening. I apologize for assuming you are entitled, and I allow for the fact, statistically more possible, that you're just plain stupid, okay? Just want to get that out there. I get that off my chest. I feel a lot better now. You see, I'm a humble guy, and I I don't like saying bad things about anyone, so there, that's that cleared up. I hope you can accept my humble apology. And you know what? Even if you're entitled, I apologize for what comes next. So anyway, you can imagine my anger at this grievous uh, situation where, uh, that I was put in. I mean, this is absolutely crazy. My time is precious. I was, I was doing the right thing. Then they come and do the wrong thing, and they slow it down for everybody. Anyway, so eventually, or did they force the other car up onto the curb? 
Oh, it was, it was horrendous. It's one of the worst things. Let me put my fan to high. I'm getting hot just thinking about this. That has ever happened to anyone in the history of humanity. Okay? I'll just give you time to let that sink in. Yeah, that, are you thinking that's a big statement? I know, I don't, use, I don't use that lightly, but really, it was up there with, uh, you know, in the Bible, Old Testament plague of locusts, stuff like that, all, all those plagues, coupled with the Red Sea, or was it the Red Sea? Closing in on top of all the baddies and drowning them. It was, you know, Tower of Babel, it was Old Testament territory we're talking here, okay? Just bad shit. Pardon my language, but it was bad. I'm getting traumatized just thinking about it. Anyway, eventually the situation was resolved after what felt like years. It was probably just minutes, maybe even seconds. But I was ir irredeemably scarred by it. So anyway, the other car gets to pass and then I let them pass, and then I drive out, and the Mini Cooper's up in front of me. I'm like, I have to exact revenge. And I will admit, Your Honor, that I plead guilty to, um, uh, what's that word? There was intent here. This was pre-planned, premeditated, with intent. I decided I have to give them in, you know, proper traditional style of road rage style, I have to give them the finger. This is, it's not something I do often. Sometimes I do it kind of half-heartedly, just because I'm timid, you know, kind of just slightly hidden, a kind of surreptitious finger that they can't see. I know that's pretty pathetic. Hey, we're passing Peregrinos here. Hola. Hola, buen camino. This guy's got a big towel over his head. Oh! Oh, he knows them! Does he? Okay. I'm not sure what language that was. Oh, they're pointing and talking. Pointing and talking. Repeat. Pointing and talking. Oh, English. English. I, I speak little English myself. They're going, maybe that's the town we're going to or something, isn't it? Okay, see the towel over his head? I, used to, I had this walking cap with the flap at the back to protect my neck and a peak in the front. It's like a baseball cap with the flap at the back. Uh, I should never have brought up flaps. Google, Google. They're having a great time. They're having such fun. But they're interrupting my train of thought. So, okay, we're moving on. Good, I'll just get a bit of speed. Going up to five kilometers an hour. I don't care anymore, I gotta, gotta... Shit, they're still talking. Come on, keep moving. Okay. Good. I'll stay at 5k for a while. So, uh, where was I? So I decide I have to exact revenge. Yes, Your Honor, totally premeditated. Guilty as charged. So I drive up, and then they go out onto the Klonsky Road, and then they're heading towards yeah, the mosque, that direction. So I kind of put the boot down and I catch up with them on their left. And I'm about to just turn left. I catch up with them and I honk the horn. 
I honked the horn and they looked, I'm pretty sure they looked and I gave them the finger and then I zoomed off, turned left, disappeared into the sunset. And <laughs> I have to say, because afterwards then, I guess the old Catholic guilt duh, 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 kicked in, you know? Just the old habits. Oh, James, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, better go to confession quick. But no, it was just like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. I'm a nice guy, you know, I don't do things like that. And then I thought, ah, oh, fuck it. It was really enjoyable. I have to say, like if I went around doing that all the time, I'd just be a dick. And maybe I was a dick in that moment, but you know something? Oh man, I fucking enjoyed it. I just felt so powerful. It's like zoom up, honk horn, like pre-planned, perfectly timed. And I only had a split second window before they kind of got out of my sight. They were going another way. Zoom up, break, honk horn, turn, give the finger into gear, speed up and turn left, disappear. Quick getaway, always important. Um, oh, it felt so empowering. And it is one of the most ridiculous gestures in the world. But it was kind of like I was, uh, was I even angry? I was, it was sort of almost like theatrical anger, you know? And I just wanted to do this, I did it. I felt great after. Then a little voice, oh, we should feel guilty. And then I was like, nah, fuck it. No one died. I owned the moment. And I hope they got a laugh out of it too. Well, I hope they either got a laugh or a cry. I kind of say that with my writing. I want to, if, if, if I make people either laugh or cry, I'm happy with the writing. So why not? I'll say that, but they're giving the finger. Oh, dissolve. We are now in a quiet area. I'm going to slow down here a bit. We're dead. Really quiet laneway. And we're walking. Okay, we're walking here. And, uh, uh, let's see, I'm going 4.8. How much longer have I got to go? Oh, eight minutes, bloody hell. So anyway, that was a short story called Giving the Finger on Belmont Avenue by James Finland. Uh, which didn't win any prizes, sorry to say. And uh, he's been barred from entering our competition again. Thank you. <sighs> yeah. Hey, I wonder how I'm doing on my heart points. I reckon I'm doing good, because yesterday I did a Camino plus walk the prom. Hey, when Camino. And uh, we're overtaken, everyone. Pole position. So let's check the old heart points. Ah, the tension is palpable. 50, oh my God, my weekly target is 150 and I've hit 189. Yes, thank you. Congratulations are most certainly in order. Break out the champagne. Now we're on a narrow path. Now, really narrow. If, if a ton of cyclists come flying through here, I will scream. You will never, oh, he stopped. I'm gonna stop every time he stops. You will never, ah, fuck it, he started again. You will never have heard anyone scream as loud as this. It'll probably break my microphone, but it'll be worth it. This would be up there with the entitled people in the Mini Cooper overtaking me on Belmont Avenue. 
It's a nice neck of the woods there. Donnybrook, Bellamont Avenue, Clonsky, Ranala, Sandyford Road. What's that other place? Milltown? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like it around there. Ranala, well, my dream is to live in Hampstead in London, North London, pretty much. Ranala would be up there as well, if uh, if I had a few places. Ranala, Hampstead, um, somewhere in Brooklyn, Carl's Gardens maybe. Where else? Um, ba -ba -ba, we're arriving now somewhere. I've gone down to four kilometers an hour because I've proved myself. I'm a man. Motherfucker. Why do I, I why do I keep saying that? Because I like it feels good. Motherfucker! The guy in the Asian guy in uh, the Hangover doesn't he say that? Oh, the scene where they're watching the CCTV of them stealing Mike Tyson's tiger in front of Mike Tyson, and Bradley Cooper says he turns he's really kind of he turns really just bonding with Tyson. Say hey yeah. Uh, the uh, <laughs> lion, it really is such a beautiful, regal, majestic creature. And Tyson's nodding his head. And Tyson looks upset. And on the screen, Bradley Cooper is there. They've drugged the tiger. And on the CCTV, he's there pretending to have sex with the tiger. Hey, look at this, guys. Look at this. Oh, that was just so funny. I mean, yeah, I like the first Hangover film. I'm not, you know, kind of laddish humor or whatever isn't really my thing, but I just really like that film. And he also made Joker, which I couldn't stand. It bored the bloody proverbials off me. Now we're walking through a Hangover 2. I kind of hated Hangover 3. Mm, a bit better. I'm the same with Bridget Jones. One is great. Look at me. I go straight from Hangover to Bridget Jones. Hey, I'm a new man. Deal with it. I go, uh, Bridget Jones 1, great. Bridget Jones 2. Yeah, Bridget Jones 1, good romantic comedy, which is a rare thing. Bridget Jones 2, oh, awful. And just the scenes in Thailand and everything. No, not for me. Bridget Jones uh, 3. Ah, oh, yeah, I enjoyed that. The whole who's the father thing. I'm a, I'm a softie for that stuff. What can I say? What can I say? Guilty as charged, Your Honour. So, yeah. Uh, closing in on 4.4 kilometres there. And it's... Uh, BK's going slow, I'm going slow. Kind of another quiet, sleepy town. Villa Franca Montes de Oca. Is this the place with the hotel? <laughs> I stayed in, well, I stayed in the adjoining hostel. Nice place, even though the receptionist was, seemed to hate me. I don't hate her because I'm so forgiving. <laughs> At least I like to think I am. And I still, I wish I remembered the sentence she said to me. To, it's either to say or to a, and then a verb. To say, <laughs> a one syllable verb. And I, I'm sure it wasn't pleasant. So, I, I think I looked it up, did I? I, I don't, it wasn't vulgar either, but... Well, I know for a fact it couldn't have been pleasant. She hated me. 
could anyone hate me, you're wondering? I know, right? I know, I'm such a lovely guy. Talented, charming, handsome, modest. I got it all. Hey, lady, I'm the full package. Capiche? Anyway, I guess I'm misunderstood sometimes. Sometimes people think I'm an a-hole. What can I say? I apologize if I come across that way. I feel good, better as good as I should, so good, so good I got you. Oh my god, we're turning around, BK's going the wrong way. Not for the first time, um, and nearing the end, the map will be coming up any minute now. And then I go back to work. Let's go to work. Hey, let's go to work. Yeah, I'm gonna finish this Camino, damn it. Finish the first one, and I'll finish this one. Now, I'd love if he came to the place I stayed in. I don't think this is it, though. The tension is unbearable. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is. <clears throat> it was near a church. Is this a church? going around a corner. He's going up steps. This is exciting. Reminds me of the scene in Mulholland Drive when the woman tells a story about being in the diner and walking around the corner. Camera goes slowly around the corner. Next thing, this monster just bursts out and goes, oh! the whole audience, or some of them, me anyway, goes, oh! it was so funny. He said in some potentially offensive, generic foreign accent, for which I apologize. These are just the voices in my head. Unfortunately, they sometimes come out of my mouth. Hashtag no filter. <laughs> I think this is the place. Oh, dissolve. If it is the place I'm thinking of, I met up with a few people from along the way and we had a good chat. Elvino did flow. Then the next day I got up early and walked 40 kilometers to Burgas. So he's just retracing his steps. You can see it's quite a steady incline. And, uh, so you know, this is the place, I'd say, because I can see in the map there's a forest coming up. The next step is woodland and um, sort of mountainous woodland or hilly woodland. Okay. I'm done for today. Thanks for following. See you tomorrow. Buen Camino. And uh, God bless.